0: I'm going to say my name again, Gene Sarver, 12 years at CEF, 19 years at this church, low profile the last couple of years. I'm going to introduce Jim. James Robert, Simon old. Jim was born in Hollywood, Florida, 1953, but grew up in South Carolina, where he became a Christian at age nine under CEF ministry in a backyard Bible club. Dr. Samo is married to his wife, Susan. They have five children and currently have nine grandchildren. Jim, Pastor Jim, has been blessed to serve the Lord and his people as a senior pastor of four churches since the year 1980 until he retired from Young Meadows Church in Montgomery in, in 2018, 2018. So well give a big welcome to Dr. Jim Simono.
1: I've been enjoying some sweet fellowship with Pastor Byron, too. That is, this has been a neat time. He and I will get coffee every couple of months and just talk about some of the great things God's doing in your church. I've been here, of course, for missions conferences and other things. You have been a tremendous blessing to Child Evangelism Fellowship, to Awana. I just love that you're such a strong missions church. I mean, it's amazing. I walk down the hall and see the different missionaries that you're supporting, getting the word of the gospel out into the community, not just waiting for people to come to us. I want us first to tell you a little story, and then we'll get straight into the scriptures. This ties into the scriptures. Their name were Russ and Beth. They were at my church in Charleston. Russ and Beth had their first child born. They hadn't joined our church. I actually had known Beth in the past, but didn't know her husband and, and really hadn't met them. Um, but their child was born with three holes in its heart. So we started praying for them. They weren't going to let them go from the hospital, kind of figure out, what are we going to do about this? And so we, we prayed, and, and they really wanted to set their child apart to the Lord. So we went up to, to do a dedication of just putting the child apart to the Lord. And there we had a, a little church service. We sang some songs. Chris, I would have invited you. You'd do a great job. You could have come sing for us. We had a few elders that came in, like Dwight and others, and we just had a little worship service and joined the church, prayed for the child, set the child apart to the Lord. And the mother was there. I would go and visit almost every day because it was such a serious touch-and-go matter there that we would pray with them, be with them. She told me something interesting. She said when I would go and pray and day after day, she would watch the heart monitor. And every day after I prayed, the baby's heart got calm for about a half an hour after I prayed. Interesting. I didn't see that. She didn't tell me that till two years later. Now, God was gracious. The child's two holes were healed just naturally. The Lord let them close up. The other one was healed by surgery. God used the surgery. But the child did great, came through it, and we just rejoiced. Can I tell you something? When you get in a situation like that, you pray. You really pray. You get down on your knees. What should I do about this? It's desperate times right now. It's always desperate times if we knew it, but I'll come to that in just a minute. But with the covid virus, some people are out of work and they can't figure out how to get work. Some people worry about the economy and then add to it another level of racial tension and then go back to the common things that we know already. I mean, the pornography in our culture, the abuse in our culture, the people pushing away from God more and more and saying, I don't want anything to do with him. More and more we're seeing Just desperate times We always ought to be praying But especially now Aren't you driven to prayer? God if you don't fix this, Use us, show us what to do But Lord if you don't do it We labor in vain God get through to us God help us Look with me if you would At Luke chapter 22 And I'm actually going to focus on verses 1 and 2 But I'm going to go ahead and read this whole little section It's four verses there Luke chapter 22, I'm reading from the ESV. I'm not sure which version you might be using. I've obviously looked over the King James, New King James, the um, New American Standard. But, but listen carefully to God's holy and inspired word. Jesus, they've been in the upper room, talking with disciples. Some of them are argue how great they are. That, that's a whole other discussion. Simon, Simon. Behold, Satan demanded to have you that he might sift you like wheat. But I prayed for you that your faith may not fail. And when you've turned again, strengthen your brothers. Peter said to him, Lord, I'm ready to go with you both to prison and to death. Jesus said, I tell you, Peter, the rooster will not crow this day until you deny three times that you know me. This far, the reading of God's holy and inspired word. Let me pray for us once more. Father, again, you've got to speak. It's not me. Even the preparation, Lord, it's you. Speak to every heart, including my own, that we might hear from you through your spirit, that we might be strengthened in our prayer life as your spirit leads us according to the word. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Martin Luther, the great reformer, said this. We ought to pray because we love the Lord. We ought to pray because it's our duty. But the truth of it is, the reason why we spend long hours in prayer is because we get in trouble and we need help. Again and again when they came to Jesus, please help raise my daughter. We just looked over Jarius's daughter. He's pleading with Jesus. And what is prayer? But pleading with Jesus. Please heal my daughter. Desperately asking, Heal this one of leprosy, heal this one of that. The Israelites in Egypt cried out to God because of the Egyptian oppression. During the time of the judges, wave after wave of attack came. And they cried out to God on their knees. One of the realities I learned about prayer maybe about ten years ago. I love how John Piper says it and don't hold me to which book. I'm not sure which book it was in. We will not know what prayer is for until we know that life is war. Get that down. We will not know what prayer is for until we know that life is war. We're in a spiritual battle. There is a struggle against the evil one. When we pray the Lord's Prayer, we're praying, deliver us from evil, if praying for the world, the influence of the world that would pull us away from God. The flesh, the remnant of sinful nature inside of ourselves, putting to death the deeds of the flesh. And the devil himself, the scripture says, we're not ignorant of his devices. We're in a battle. And we're asking the Lord to help us and to guide us and to overcome in this battle. In Luke 22, 31 through 34, again, Jesus was with his disciples in the upper room. I think they've celebrated the Lord's Supper. Commentaries disagree. Did Jesus go out and just talk to Peter? But I think it's while they're still debating about who's going to be the greatest. And Peter thinks he's the greatest. And Jesus is all of a sudden. And it's interesting what he uses. Simon, Simon. He doesn't say Peter here. Simon was the old name, kind of the old nature and reminding him, hey, Peter. And he says it twice for emphasis. When God's trying to get your attention, just like, I don't know if your mother ever yelled at you like this. Jim, Simon, I'll get in right now. at you. sometimes, Jim, Jim, you know, repeat your name a number of times. Jesus is real serious. Because he loves Peter, don't misunderstand. It's from everything for the best for Peter. Maybe Peter thought he's going to be the greatest of all. Satan, Simon, Simon, Satan demanded to have you to sift you like wheat. My first point is this. Satan praise on leaders. P-R-E-Y-S. Satan prays on leaders. I was working with a fellow pastor who came up with this message and said, Listen, I want y'all... He trained a lot of us to use this particular passage. And then I got the privilege of going to Auburn and installing a young pastor. He'd been a youth pastor. I got to install him in the church. And this is the specific message that we used. Satan prays on leaders, but Christ P-R-A-Y-S. Praise for leaders. Satan's trying to take our leadership down. Pastors, yes, I want you to pray for your pastor. What I'm here, I love your pastor. You've got a great pastor and a great church. You've got to keep praying for him. But not just the pastor. Pray for the elders. Pray for Chris Reed. Pray for the, you've got a new uh, children's director. All the different leaders in all the places. Satan wants to take the person that's out front and pull them down to shame them, to discourage everybody else so nobody wants to try anymore. Because Satan wants us to give up. He wants us to stop believing in Jesus and stop following Jesus. Satan prays on leaders. He'll do everything he can to diminish any positive influence for Christ we might have. We need to expect attacks from the world, the flesh, and the devil. In Child Evangelism Fellowship, we go back and remind ourselves because of sin. This is all here. It's a fallen world. As soon as Adam and Eve fell into sin, it affected us all. I love that old nursery rhyme, in Adam's fall, we sinned all. We were born in sin. We have this sin nature. We tend kind of get discouraged. Satan wants to use every bit of our nature against us. Because we are still have that residual effect of sin, even believers. Here's one of the risks. We're blind to sin. Sin makes us blind to sin. We're like fish swimming in the water. We can't even tell you what it would be like to be out of the water because we know water is where we belong. We've lived here so long. Now, in Christ, yes, there's a different story, but still, there's the residual effects of that sin in us. And evil is all around us. Jesus looked Peter straight in the eye and says, Satan wanted to sift you like wheat. What does that look like? Well, I started bringing a colander in this morning because I don't have the sift like they would look like. Imagine a screen door, just a picture in your mind. You're going to have to work with me on this. Imagine a screen door. Cut it in half. Take the screen, make it into a box. Okay, so now you got this little box with a screen underneath it. What the women would do in Israel is they would take the wheat along with the chaff, all of it, throw into their screen. And first they'd shift it vigorously from side to side. Just shake it. Imagine if that was you. You want to get shaken around like that? You Maybe at first it's cute, but after a while you start to feel sick. It's terrible. So they're trying to get rid of all the chaff, the extra stuff that's not needed. Satan wasn't trying to get rid of what was not needed. Satan wanted to get rid of Peter. It's interesting here in this particular verse, it actually uses the plural you. So if I went to you all, that southern you all, maybe you'd understand it a little bit. Satan wanted to sift to you all, all the disciples, all those that would become apostles, sent ones. He wanted to get all of them. Shake them. Shake them. And then what a woman would do, she would shake it this way first to get it out. And then she'd start rocking it this way, and then she'd... Blowing over it to get rid of the chaff. Blow it all out. Satan wants to discourage you. Show so many things at you. God can't be in charge anymore. This is too hard. Life's too crazy. No, God's not in charge. That's what Satan wants you to think. He wants you to discourage you and to stop believing in Jesus. Stop trusting. Do it Satan's way. Manipulate people. Cheat. Lie. Do whatever you do to get ahead. You saw them get discouraged. Christ was preparing them because He knew He was going to the cross to die for our sins, to give His blood so we could be forgiven so the price would be paid. Nobody's ever done what Christ has done for us. No one ever can. The eternal sinless Son of God took our place so that all who would repent and believe in Him not only would be forgiven, but have strength to fight back because Satan is preying on leaders. Satan's praying on all of us. He wants to take anyone, discourage anyone from following Jesus. In Ephesians 6, Paul says we don't fight against flesh and blood, but against spiritual forces of wickedness. 2 Corinthians says we're not ignorant of Satan's devices. Peter warns us in 1 Peter 5, and I think it came because of what exactly happened here in Luke 22. The devil is wandering about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Jesus warned Peter. Peter's warning us. We're in a spiritual conflict. Spiritual terrorism has been around since the fall of Adam and Eve in the garden. We must expect attacks. We need to pray because we're in a war. Walkie-talkies are not a toy. In the military, they're to call down fire. We're calling God's fire. Come and give us strength to fight back against what looks impossible for us, but it's not impossible for God. Don't just pray for yourself, but all God's people. Remember the Lord's Prayer. It's not my Father who art in heaven. Hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. Give me this day my daily bread. It's give us, our Father. Praying for all the body. Deliver us from evil. Don't just pray for yourself, but all God's people. We need to call down this spiritual fire in C.S. Lewis books, screw tape letters. C.S. Lewis writes down many of the ways that Satan would tempt us and try us and take us off the path and tell us we don't really need God's help. We can do this on our own. We can't do this on our own. We need to expect Satan's attacks and find Christ's strength to fight back. We need to expect Satan's attacks. And then second, we need to prepare for Satan's attacks. Satan preys on leaders. Expect attacks. Don't think you're just going to get by and coast and it's not going to happen to you. It's already happening. If you're thinking, oh, the devil will never bother me. Sin will never bother me. You're already tricked by him. But prepare. How do you prepare? Spiritually, we know some of the things already. If you've already believed in Jesus, Jesus told Peter in very serious tones. He wanted to tell him to be forewarned, to tell you it's coming. It's part of being armed. If I know trouble's coming, I'm going to get ready for it. Jesus said, work for the night is coming when no man can work. He said, store up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Make heavenly and eternal investments. Store up spiritual ammunition. Know the word of God and his promises. This is one reason why I love Awana, why I love child evangelism. We teach them to memorize verses from a young child. And get that stuff in there. And even old, sometimes when children have wandered away from the Lord, they come back. And they remember those verses in their minds. They remember the songs that they've sung. They come back in their hearts. How many times have you read about prisoners of war who are going over their Sunday school lessons when they're stuck in prison and being reminded about how God is with them? We need to be fill them now while their minds are young and fresh, and before all the other garbage wants to get in the way. Continue to fill them up. Recruit help. Don't try to do it alone. If you know trouble is coming, prepare with others. If we know we're going to have a difficult week, a complicated pregnancy, a challenging situation with a friend, a relative, a neighbor, then take it to the Lord in prayer. Gather the troops. We call them fire teams. There was taught in a a method of prayer where you gather a bunch of people together for prayer. And you'd have a squad of four or five people. And if you know you've got an issue up, you pray over that issue together. You make it a matter of fight and battle. Sometimes... And Folks, I love you. What I'm going to say is it's going to sting a little bit, I hope. Sometimes prayer meetings are just organ recitals. God, please help Sam's liver. Help Sue's kidney. Help this guy's broken leg. Now, God cares about your health problems. Please, please, don't ever misunderstand me. But God cares more about your spiritual life than about your physical life. He cares about all of it. But how are you walking with the Lord through this trial? Is Christ your peace? Is Christ your strength? Is Christ your help? That's what we need to pray for each other. Lord, keep their faith strong. I know they're being battered. If you were Job's friend instead of all the bad friends that he had, you'd be, Job, God, please help Job. I don't know what happened here, but God, please help my brother. He's going through it and I don't know what he needs, but Lord, if I can help him, show me what I can do. To be there for each other and help each other. Remind each other of the awesome testimonies of God's work. I told you the story, the first of that answer to prayer. I'd like to tell you, every time I pray, miracles happen. Well, God always answers prayer, but sometimes he says no. And often it doesn't go exactly the way I want it to go. But God is in charge and he's hearing and answering the prayers of his people. And I encourage you to pray and remember, write down the answers to prayer, even when it's no, so one day you can share it with someone else. In a sense, the book of Psalms is like a prayer book and going back and remembering what God's done for him. Helping me through the down times. So Lord, I remember when I was low before, but you brought me out of that pit. Lord, I remember those great things you've done for me. Remind yourself, because we need to remember. There is a beautiful illustration. It's called a Roman phalanx. Now, I'm a big Lord of the Rings person, folks. And a little violent sometimes, I know that. How many of you have watched Lord of the Rings? There, there you go, there you go. You got to go look for the spiritual lessons. I think Frodo gets rescued about thirty-four to thirty-seven times. I counted one point. Man, that's like us, man. Jesus, I need your help. Keep rescuing me. At one point, the orcs are coming up against Helm's Deep. If you don't know the, the movie or the book, they're coming to fight against a walled city. In Roman times, what they would do is they would take shields that's about your height, and they put a shield beside you. And a shield in front of you and shield behind you and shields on top so arrows are shooting at you or rocks are thrown at you. They can't get to you. At least that's the way it's supposed to work. It's not perfect like any method. As Christians, we need to see each other covering each other with prayer. In a sense of phalanx, a, a warning. So we're together, that squad that's helping each other get out of harm's way and get safely home to heaven. We need to be helping each other. I'll I'll talk about this later at the end of the sermon as an application. But what I want to tell you to do, please, please, please pray for your pastor. Matter of fact, if you can do it every meal you have, pray for your pastor and his family. You've heard about missionaries having come back from the field because it wasn't just the missionary. His children got messed up and they had to come back. Or there was a problem with the marriage. or There was a problem with health. You've got to pray for the whole family, for the whole leadership team. That individual... But also pray for the music leadership, pray for the elders, pray for the deacons, pray for the leadership, because God wants the leadership to the fight with each other. Chris, you said it right. There's so much divisiveness that the devil would love us to fight with each other instead of going out and fighting where the real battle is against the dark forces of Satan using spiritual strength that God's given us. So we first said Satan prays on leaders, P r e y s. And we ought to be aware of it. And we ought to prepare for it. But brothers and sisters, if we had to stop there, you'd say, man, I can't handle this. It's too much for me. That's why the second part of this is so, so very important. Luke twenty two thirty two 32 goes on. But I have prayed for you that your faith may not fail. When you've turned again, strengthen your brothers Sometimes I think we think of Christianity as yin and yang. You know, we get this false religion that the devil and Jesus are, you know, in this tug of war. Uh -uh -uh. Jesus is the Lord God Almighty. Satan's here. In Jesus, we have the strength to overcome. I don't mean you won't stumble. You will at times. The scripture makes it clear. But you can overcome in the name and in the strength of Jesus with the tools he's given. Jesus prays for leaders so we can find our help in him. Christ is praying for us. Christ knows your name. He knows how many hairs are on your head. It says in Psalm 139, Before a word is on my tongue, Lo, O Lord, you know it all together. God's not surprised by what's going on. He loves you and He's cared for you and He's shown you not just by sending Jesus, but continuing to answer prayers to help us. My mother and father have prayed for me for as long as I can remember. But now my mom and dad are both with the Lord. When my dad died, maybe about ten years ago, one of the first things that hit me, I'm missing my prayer warrior. I was kind of upset about that. I've been a pastor and I know I need all the prayer covering I can get. But then the Lord gave me a fresh thought. And I guess I knew it, but I'd forgotten it. Hebrews 7.25 reminds you know what Jesus is doing in heaven right now? He's praying for us. The eternal, sinless Son of God is praying for his children about that. I, mean, I, I want my dad praying for him but i so, I got the greatest prayer warrior of all talking to the Father in Heaven about me and about all the believers and we can take good comfort in that, good strength in that. Jesus ever lives, Hebrews 7.25 to make intercession for us. When you pray for each other, you know what you're doing? You're joining Jesus Christ in a prayer meeting. You're joining Jesus praying for each other. Lord Jesus, I don't know everything they need, but you do. And Lord, please help. Give us your wisdom. Lord, we pray for healing. Listen, every time I see somebody sick, I'm going to ask for healing. God may say no, but I'm going to ask. And keep on praying, keep on seeking, keep on knocking, keep on asking. We pray for each other. That God would protect us and help us. Keep us through the temptations. When you go to pray, you're joining Jesus' meeting. And praying, our Father, who art in heaven... Give us this day our daily bread. Lead us not into temptation. Jesus prays for us. God help us to faithfully join for Him. I long for the day when prayer meetings in church become bigger than almost any other meeting. When they were gathered together, you remember for Pentecost? They gathered together and prayed for days in the upper room together. God, you've got to help us. If you don't help us, this won't work. They were crying out. Jesus told them, wait for the promise of the Spirit. Now, the Spirit's already come, folks. I'm not saying we've got to go reinvent Pentecost. But I am saying we have to have that sense. God, you've got to do this. We've got to cry out to God. We've got to realize we're desperate for Him. I love in Jacob in the Old Testament, I won't let you go till you bless me. Lord, help us hold on. Keep trusting you. Jesus commands us to pray for others. Jesus is praying, but he commands us to pray for others. After you've returned, strengthen your brothers. Peter became a wounded healer. He knew what it was like to fail, and yet he knew what it was like for Jesus to pick up that failure and use it for good. It actually says he's praying that he wouldn't completely be destroyed. Jesus prayed. So Satan didn't have Peter all the way, he couldn't destroy him. Peter went through some tough times. Had to learn how weak he was, but how strong Jesus is. Leaders pray for their followers. My sheep hear my voice and I know them. Jesus knows his sheep by name. And we as pastors know our congregation and are praying for them. I know your pastor is praying for you. As a pastor, I was trying to continue. Just keep praying for my congregation. Sometimes as elders, we gather together if there's a special need, often a health need, but other needs too. Maybe someone's going through a terrible divorce. Maybe someone's going through a financial time. We gather together and pray for them as a part of the other business of the church. Christ prayed for his disciples all night before he chose them. He taught them to pray corporately for the whole group. We're praying together. John 17. Jesus prayed that we would be one. Are we praying for each other? That we be the church Christ called us to be. And folks, I'm going to challenge you. Don't just pray for Calvary Bible Church. The Calvary Bible Church is one piece of God's pie. But God's kingdom is so much bigger. Now, sometimes if you're having a hard time, that church doesn't really Listen, I, I'm, I'm a fundamentalist. <laughs> I hold those basic doctrines like y'all do and say these have got to be true. If they don't have them right, then pray that God straighten out their doctrine. That's okay. I don't mind you praying that. Lord, help us grow deeper. Help us. But be careful. Don't be self-righteous. It's so easy. I like my churches. You know, it's easy to say, well, my church has got it right and everybody else has got it wrong. That's a lie from hell. We don't. There are places that we fall short. We don't love enough, we don't pray enough, we don't seek the Lord, we're not faith. God's doing things through us, praise the Lord. But all of us got to remember, it takes all of us to reach out. Just again, I'm going back to what Chris Reek said at the start. Satan loves dividing us. We're all fighting with each other as churches. Sometimes we're fighting inside the church. Rather than reaching outside to the lost, growing in the Lord the way we should. It's part of Satan's foolishness. God help us not get caught up in it. Christ commands leaders to pray for their followers, and he commands followers to pray for their leaders. Almost every New Testament book, Paul asks for prayer from the churches, but he also prays for each of the churches. I want to do something here. I'm going to give you a little bit of an exercise. Now, let me tell you how I've done this in the past, and it can't work this because we've got COVID stuff. We can't do it. I want to put Pastor Byron's picture up here. Have we got that so we can put it up there? There we go. Pastor Byron's on vacation and I'm glad he is. But right now, we're going to pretend he's here. Keep that picture, just leave it there. In the Old Testament, when sacrifices were made, what happened is they would offer a lamb for their sins and a person would go up and lay his head, hands on the head of the lamb. The lamb would be killed as an extension of them. Jesus died for us and in a sense what we're doing is we lay hands on Jesus. We can't really touch Jesus right now. But spiritually speaking, we're trusting what Jesus did. I, I picture myself touching Jesus' feet at the cross. He died for us. And then He rose again to give us newness of life. We don't really touch Him. I want you to think of that in this sense. I want you to pray for your leaders. I want you to start with Pastor Byron. You don't even have to reach your hands out, but spiritually what you're doing is reaching your hands out. And then if it was normal, I'd have Pastor Byron here and his family. I'd ask Dwight Waldrup and the elders to surround. I'd ask the deacons behind them. I'd ask the other leadership people on the staff to come around them. And then I'd ask the rest of you as a congregation to come and lay your hands on their backs and set them apart to the Lord. Lord, these people can't do this work if you don't help them. And I ask you to take a minute. What I want to do is I'm going to pray right now, but ask you to join me in prayer for all your leaders. Let's bow for a moment for prayer. Lord Jesus, you know the pressures of being a pastor, of being an elder, of being leaders in the church. Father, the, the devil wants to bring them down and the devil doesn't want them to succeed. It doesn't want them to follow you. doesn't want them to trust you. Lord, bring them together. Give them your holy armor through the work of your word and through your spirit so they might be able to resist all the attacks of the evil one. That they might stand true with Jesus. Father, help them moment by moment, day by day. Give them their daily bread, everything they need for life and godliness in and through Jesus. Make them strong to do the work you've called them to do. Help them be humble. Help them walk with you. Father, make them strong that they might help make us and others strong too. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If this wasn't COVID-19, this is the next thing that would happen. I would ask the pastor and everybody to turn around and I'd ask them to lay hands on you. So the deacons and the leaders and then the elders and the pastor behind them all would lay hands on you. Because, yes, you should pray for them. Paul begs for prayer. Please pray for us. I'm going to tell you, please pray for us in CEF. We need help. We can't do this work. We've been trained. We study. But we can't do it unless the Lord opens the doors. It gives us the strength. We can be taught the words. But there's got to be a spiritual application. The Holy Spirit has to make people alive. got to use our efforts. Unless the Lord builds a house, we labor but in vain. So I'd have the pastor do what he's doing for you regularly. But he would be laying hands on the elders. The elders would be laying hands on the deacons and the other leaders. And they would be laying hands on you. Now let's pray again for you. Father, we are desperate. We cannot move forward unless you help us. Too often, Lord, we trust our own strength. We use our own devices. Satan's tricked us. We love this world too much. Father, I pray you would overcome our divisiveness. That you'd overcome all of Satan's tricks. That we would be strong in the Lord and in the strength of His might. And that we would stand against the evil one. And we would see you bringing fruit and opening doors and transforming this world. We pray for a real revival. Go deeper in our own hearts. That we might see any sin and lay it aside with our eyes fixed on Jesus. And that we would help others do the same. And Lord, use us to win the loss to Christ. That we might grow together and see the kingdom advance until the day the Lord Jesus comes again. Lord, we long and pray that we would be your faithful servants. Oh, Lord, you've got to make it so. It's in Jesus' holy and precious name we ask it. Amen. I want you to take just a little commitment I mentioned in the sermon. I want you to think about this. If you have a place where you have a regular devotional, at least once a day, put your pastor on that prayer list. Put your leaders on the prayer list. Put your, I say leaders, the elders, the deacons, the other staff people. They need your prayers. They're just people saved by grace just like you are. We have feet of clay and if not for the grace of God, we couldn't do this job. Lord, help us find our strength in you. My dear friend that taught me a lot about prayer said, when God wants to get someone moving, he starts by getting his church praying. Are you desperate? I told the story at first about that couple that was desperate. You look in the scriptures again and again, there are people that come to Jesus desperately for prayer. Matter of fact, in Luke 10, 2, I think it is. Jesus says, beg the Lord of the harvest. The word there is like praying for a child that's sick. Beg the Lord of the harvest to send workers into the harvest. Beg that God would build his kingdom. Beg that he would... Wait a minute, I'm not supposed to beg. Yes, you are. Jesus, if you don't do this, I can't do it. And the word used in the scripture is a word in other places that's translated beg for this. We desperately need the Lord's help. We can't move ahead. It's not just when COVID's happening. It's not just when Rachel rides happening. The danger is when everything starts going smooth and everything settles back down. Oh, man, I'm doing good. I don't have to worry about anything anymore. I need Jesus just as much today as I did when I first came to Jesus. Now, it's different. I'm already saved. If you don't know Jesus, I want you to come know the God who loves his people, who draws us together. Please repent of your sins. Come and talk to me. Dwight's here. Other, If you're an elder in the church, would you raise your hand? If you're an elder right there, look around. If you want someone else to pray for you, I challenge you. Go to those elders. Ask them to talk to you about Jesus. They will do everything they can to help you. I'm glad to help. I'm not here as much, but I'm glad to help as I can. I'm going to close us in prayer. Father, thank you. Thank you for the sweet, sweet opportunity to sing your praises. Thank you for this opportunity to gather together and worship you. Thank you for reminding us you are our strength and we need your help. Father, help us pray. With pure and upright hearts. Because of Jesus and by the power of your spirit. We ask it in Jesus' holy and precious name. Amen.